Hello and welcome to the Scrimba podcast. On this weekly show, I speak with successful developers about their advice on learning to code and getting your first junior developer job. In this episode, I'm talking with a recently successful Scrimba student from New York City named Claire about her job hunting playbook. You see, a few years ago, before learning to code even, Claire participated in an expensive in-person bootcamp to become a data scientist. There, she got to pay for the privilege of learning from mentors and HR experts about how to prepare for a job interview. They asked me, tell us about yourself. And I just started talking about where I lived, my cat, (laughs) completely useless information. Claire managed to find success back then, two or three years ago, and start her career in data. Now, using much of the same advice, Claire has found success again when a company called Kavala, whose mission it is to decarbonize the electricity grid, hired her as a software engineer level one. Claire joins us today to share everything she learned in that expensive bootcamp for free and related to her brand new experiences interviewing as a developer. Let's get into it. It looks like you studied electrical and computer engineering before enrolling in a data science bootcamp and starting a career doing data analysis. Can you tell us a bit about your experience with coding and your journey up until this point? My original job outside of college, even though I did have an engineering degree, wasn't really engineering focused. It was more like glorified tech support. I had a little C++ experience before going into the job, but not much else. I did a little development there, but I mostly kind of felt boxed in a few years into my job, not really knowing where to go next. So I decided I wanted to do this data science boot camp. It was called Springboard. It was much more expensive than Scrimba, but they had mentors that you spoke with every week. And it was also very project focused like Scrimba is. Uh, The main focus was to get two capstone projects that you could then put on your resume that were either analyze focused or machine learning focused. And they would go through actual interviews with us. So they had an HR interview segment, a technical interview segment, and a more focused machine learning interview segment. And I remember going into the first HR interview and they asked me, tell us about yourself, which is like the normal starting question you get in pretty much every interview. And I just started talking about where I lived, my cat, uh, (laughs) completely useless information to an HR person. And they were like, well, you know, you should really be focused. You should talk about where you started, where you want to go, how you've been trying to get there. Um, And that's when it kind of like clicked for me how how this whole process even worked and uh, it worked out for me. I got my data analyst job. A few years into that, I guess I started getting antsy again about where I was going to go. And I was doing more coding because I had that Python experience from the original boot camp that I did. Um, and I had started learning React through Scrimba um, to do a little internal side project. Um, and I just kind of fell in love with JavaScript and decided that's where I wanted to go. And the rest is history. <laughs> Just quickly, how did the bootcamp experience kind of compare to Scrimba as a sort of cheaper, self-paced alternative? 
the mentorship program that they had, they assigned you a mentor that you spoke with over the phone, I think once a week or every other week. And they helped you pick out your capstone projects and made sure that you were on track. They were working data scientists. So they had experience in the stuff that you were trying to accomplish. I really liked my mentor. He was really helpful whenever I had questions. He was very supportive. I know Scrimba has like study buddies. I talked to a few people because they saw me being active in the Discord and they were wondering like if it would work out if we could be like study buddies or kind of like help each other. One of the people that I might have actually considered lived in South Africa, (laughs) so it didn't quite work out timing-wise for us to be study buddies. But if you don't have that motivation just by yourself to like keep going, keep thinking of interesting things to do with your projects, just having someone to bounce ideas off of or ask advice, even if they're at the same level as you, is really, really valuable. At the Data Science Bootcamp, you mentioned you built a capstone project and maybe another. Is one of those projects the Airbnb Fairfinder you feature on your portfolio? It is, yes. I use that in both boot camps. <laughs> nice. And you also have a to-do list. And I even noticed you have the blackjack game from the Scrimba Frontend Career Path in your portfolio. I also remember that somebody in the Career Advice Discord channel asked about if they complete projects in the Frontend Career Path, whether they can feature them in their portfolio. You gave a really thoughtful response, I thought. I believe I said something along the lines of if you take the projects from the career path and really make them your own, go beyond the finished project in the videos, add extra functionality, add your own twist to it, add your own style, then I think it's a really great addition to your portfolio because you can explain what you learned through Scrimba. And then you can also talk about what you learned just going off on your own, trying to add that extra functionality, the struggles you faced where you found resources that helped you. Scrimba projects can be very valuable on your portfolio, but you do have to go that little extra mile to show that you weren't just going through a video series and copying code from there. (laughs) I mean, if, if nothing else, it will prove that you are very serious about web development but also you'll find the stories and talking about your experience will just come so much more easily your portfolio is awesome by the way claire and you have a handful of like solid projects it seems like you must have thought they were quite important and worth focusing on when you started to look for developer jobs what has your experience been like now you started looking and actually found a job yeah so um my experience was interesting because I didn't want to mess with my LinkedIn because I didn't want my boss to know that I was looking for other jobs. In a totally different industry, no less. Exactly. In a totally different job type. Basically, I had been doing this internal project building an internal tool for my company. And I had kind of done it a bit in secret at first, teaching myself JavaScript through the free React course on Scrimba. And I eventually told my boss uh, about the time that I had a proof of concept built. I honestly used that to-do app to build out the app that I made for my company. It had 
a surprising amount of overlap because it was a lot of moving data between tables. And so it was just like two to-do lists, essentially. (laughs) Once I had that project, I was like, okay, I think I can do this, but I really need to know that I have the good base knowledge to be a actual front-end engineer and not just like someone who can build a small little app. (laughs) So once I had a few projects under my belt and specifically two that I was happy to put on my resume that I could talk about in depth, Uh, One was the project that I did for my job and the other was, I think the to-do app is what I currently have on my resume (laughs) because I really upped the design on it and added a lot of functionality that I thought was useful. And I actually designed it a lot based on this program called Asana because I was hoping maybe that I could get a job at Asana. (laughs) I actually did apply there, um, but I got an email from them saying the position was already full full or something by the time I had applied. (laughs) Oh, that's too bad. But I like the tactic. I like the idea a lot. Like building something similar to their actual product is, yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah. You know, it just gave me a focus to build a project around. I had an end goal versus just messing around for fun. So I had my resume all set up. I actually did put my new resume and the link to my portfolio that I built with Scrimba on my LinkedIn, but you had to like, you know, go to those links and click them. It wasn't like my resume was not a complete copy of my LinkedIn profile, which it more is now that I have my new job. But I was mostly just cold applying to any job that I found on LinkedIn that seemed interesting. And I was getting absolutely nowhere with that. I was getting rejection after rejection after rejection. They weren't even having me do a phone interview. But I had an old hired account from when I was doing my last job search. I had a friend of mine that did a full-blown front-end boot camp where she actually went to classes and paid a lot, lot, lot of money. And it was all on site and they had career help and networking events and things like that. And she got her first job through Hired. So I thought I might as well give it a shot. I built up my resume on there. You kind of build a profile pretty much like you do in LinkedIn, but it's a little more focused on what kind of job you're looking for. And then employers look at your profile and will actually reach out to you for interviews. Once my profile was up there, I had a few interview requests from there, but it was mostly data engineering positions because that was where my experience was from my previous job. And some of them saw my JavaScript React experience and were like, hey, maybe you could kind of do both for us. One that was actually somewhat promising was help us with our database and then we will slowly move you over to working front end. I was like really excited about that. I was like, great, this seems promising. And then I never heard from the guy again. Oh, no. Hired, actually, they'll reach out to you to see how it's going, how your interviews are going, if you need any help. And I was like, look, I don't know what I can do more to get the jobs that I actually want. I'm getting interviews, but they're not for the position that I want. And they're basically like, well, I don't know, just try putting front end more places in your profile. (laughs) And that very day, I got my interview request from Kavala 
Coachella. And that is how I got my current job somehow. It, it was like kismet. It was for a software engineering position for the salary I wanted. And the interview process was, it all took place maybe over two and a half, three weeks. It was very, very fast, but it was really great. I had a phone interview uh, where I talked to HR just about my background, what I was looking for, what they were looking for. And then I was sent on to my first technical interview. And that was really where I was like, okay, I got here. I just have to take it from here. I just have to succeed in this technical interview. And then I think I can... (laughs) actually get a job in this field. I remember working with somebody at a previous startup who was hired through hired.com. And a few weeks later, they sent them like a big box with like hired swag and a water bottle and jumpers and things. Maybe I'm exposing them. If you haven't got one yet, then that's a, that's a problem. <laughs> I have not gotten a swag box from hired yet. <laughs> no. So suffice to say, they seem pretty legit. We can put a link to that in the show notes. And just to clarify quickly, you added front-end engineer, the keywords, to more places on your profile. And around that same time, your current company reached out to you. Or was it just a coincidence? Honestly, might have been a coincidence. I'm I'm not 100% sure because I think I literally put it in one place <laughs> was like the difference. <laughs> Claire, I understand completely. When you're looking for a job and you're, you're sort of micro-optimizing so many things, it's really hard to draw like a correlation from the causation kind of thing. You can never be 100% sure of what works. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask you to speculate on that, but good, good to know nonetheless. If you're enjoying this episode of the Scrimba podcast, please remember to share it with your community, followers, or even a friend. Word of mouth is the single best way to support a podcast that you like, so thanks in advance. Also, remember to subscribe in your podcast app. It could be Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or any other well-known podcast app. We've uploaded every Tuesday since June 2021, and you never know which episode might inspire you on a slow day or spark an idea that changes it all. I know that during the bootcamp, you had to go through the, uh, you got asked, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm assuming you just nailed that this time because you've done it before and, and learned from your mistakes. Um, what else did they talk about in that first phone call? The first interview was, I think, more just figuring out if you as a person in your work style fit in with the company. So I was asked how best I worked in like a team or solo, if I was okay working fully remote since they were based in San Francisco and I'm in New York. They asked basically just a rundown of my resume, what I was interested in doing, what experience I had that I thought kind of crossed over with what they were looking for. So I was actually able to pull my experience with like mapping tools uh, because my old company was real estate. So they mapped out where certain leases and sales were. My current company maps the electrical grid and they actually used the same mapping software as my previous company. So I think that gave me a little leg up. Is it Mapbox by chance? It is Mapbox, yes. Everything's Mapbox, don't worry. (laughs) Well, previously they had used Leaflet, um, which I guess is what 
Mapbox is technically built on, but they were in the process of moving over to Mapbox. So I really like that you managed to almost parlay your previous experience to help position yourself for this new one. I think that's really smart. Yeah, I think something that I learned in the previous boot camp that I did was if you actually get that first interview before you hop on even the phone interview, just learn as much as you can about the company and what they do and how they do it. Just so if you can pull anything from your previous experience that might cross over. They really like to hear that you have somewhat tailored experience to what they're looking for. And those questions about working style, how did you sort of prepare to answer them? I I guess you couldn't have known they were coming, but you might have suspected they might ask a little bit about how you like to work in things. What was your approach? I just tried to answer as honestly as possible because you know, even if you know what their perfect answer is, if that's not your work style, then you're not going to be happy at that company. Good point. Very good point. So I actually did have a moment when I answered that question of like, oh, I hope that they don't want me to like really love working in like a team or something, because I basically said I liked owning my own projects, working on my own. And yeah, I had that moment of like, oh, I hope that they're not looking for more, I don't know, quote unquote team players. I don't know even if that is the right word for it because I think when if you're working solo you can still very much be part of a team but luckily I my work style did match up with kind of what the team setup is now it's very project oriented work on what you want to be working on grab tickets as you want as you see them come in so it's it's worked out really well honesty is the best policy when it comes to yeah answering questions like that and when that phone call finished did you have to wait a little bit for them to get back to you And once you did hear back from them, what did they want to do next? So the interview process went speedy quick, which I really appreciated because sometimes you are just waiting a week or more for just even that first call to let you know that you made it to the next round after the phone interview, which sometimes is just like, here, talk with uh, someone. And it's the same questions, just like a little more technical. My last question in any interview is when can I expect to hear from you next? Because I I just, I want to know when I should follow up. I don't like the whole immediately after interview, send them a thank you. That's a very personal preference. I just don't like doing that. I think it's annoying. So I try to wait a day. And if I know I'm going to be waiting like a week or so to hear from them, I will maybe send a follow up in three days just to make sure that I stay on their radar. I think that I did the interview on a Wednesday and I heard from them either that Friday or Monday. It wasn't a long wait. And the next interview was actually the first technical interview. The whole interview process was HR interview, first technical interview with a team member, second technical interview with your manager, and then a project presentation. where you walked them through a technical project that you've done. And that was to a panel of people. So I think I talked to three people with that one. And that was also, I believe, something that I talked about in the first interview. I don't know if I asked, but I think it is a good, um, especially if if you are optimistic and think that you might go on to the next round, just asking what the interview process is like. I actually got to choose what my technical interview would be on, whether it was JavaScript or Python, because they knew I had experience with both. But since I was more focused on getting a front end role, which was probably definitely the right way to go, 
I chose JavaScript. You know, I was like, oh, I don't know which one I should do. I think I want to do JavaScript. And I think just my inability to pick led her to even give me more information about it. She was like, the Python one is algorithmic based. The JavaScript one is more debugging based. And I was like, okay, yes, give me that JavaScript one. I would think the same thing. If I had that, I'd be like, oh, JavaScript, please. Yes. To prepare for that one, I used a program that was recommended in the Scrimba career section, Code.io maybe or something like that, where they give you questions from Google interviews, Yahoo interviews, Amazon interviews. It's honestly a lot algorithmic based. <laughs> I didn't end up actually really needing much of that kind of coding, but I think just going through those problems helped me, you know, get back into that mindset of problem solving and give me the confidence of whatever they throw at me, I can probably handle. It's kind of a high pressure situation, isn't it? Like going into a job interview um, compared to coding by yourself, even though doing some online challenges won't be as much pressure, it's still something, right? Like it helps you feel more comfortable and maybe give you the confidence that if you just take a breath and don't overthink it, you probably know the answer anyway. A lot of us kind of fall victim to that where we overthink it and panic a little bit, but actually the answer answers in there somewhere. Exactly. And yeah, I think the the Scrimba career sections where it goes through just, you know, having you talk about, like record yourself talking about JavaScript techniques helped me a lot. Just having those answers at the tip of my mind, just in case they came up. And one of them actually did in my second technical interview. Which topic? I had to explain deconstructing an object. Mm, okay. It wasn't a, a question that, you know, he was just going through a list to see how much JavaScript I knew. It was the stuff that I had to do in the interview. I guess I can go back to talking about that really quick. The first technical interview was all live coding. So we were on CodePen and there was code there and there was an issue with it and I just had to fix it. And she said it was one line of code. And luckily I managed to figure it out pretty quickly uh, what the issue was. What was the problem? It was some data in Mapbox was trying to get mapped. It was a bunch of data points, but only one data point was showing up on the map. And it was because they hadn't passed in a distinct ID to, I think, the layer or something like that. After I fixed that little one line of code, she basically was like, okay, what else would you do to this code to just make it better? How would you refactor it? And I basically just live refactored this little snippet of code. I did a lot of like changing for loops into uh, the map function. I think I might have used filter a little. I pulled out some repetitive code into its own function. I talked about some things where I knew that I could make the code shorter, but I didn't think it was worth doing that for readability purposes. And I think that got me some points. Great. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so often you'll go into a code base and you'll see this ridiculous one-liner that's doing something very important. And it's just like, what is this line doing? It's so unclear. There's no comments. And if they had just broken it up just a bit, it would have been so much clearer. And then pretty much the rest of it was just refactoring until I was happy with it. And 
you know, she kept asking, is there anything else you want to do? And at some point I was just like, you know, I think that this is the best that I can make it at this point. And she was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I agree. I think there was one other point where she kind of like pointed me into, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not really sure what else I can do here. And she was like, oh, maybe focus on like this aspect of it. I think it was some like performance space. She was like, this can be simplified for like slightly better performance if you can figure out how. And I like was honest. I was like, it was Mapbox stuff. And I only had like very brief, like I looked at some Mapbox code like once. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I don't have the most experience with this. And she was like, oh, okay, well, this might be able to be simplified. You can have like multiple of these, but not multiple of that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then I kind of pieced it together. So, you know, I, I think mostly what they're looking for in a technical interview is that you want to be doing it. You can do it up to a point. And if you need help, you're willing to ask for it instead of just spinning your wheels and getting angry and saying, I can't possibly do this. <laughs> what would you do differently if you were to do the whole process again? Oh, gosh. Um, I probably would focus less on the algorithmic coding exercises and probably more on general JavaScript knowledge. I knew I was interviewing on JavaScript and not React. They use Svelte, actually, oh, wow. which came up a little in my second technical interview, um, but you didn't really need to know felt to do the interview and yeah I think I yeah just focus more on making sure you know the JavaScript basics and how to talk about them versus figuring out how to solve crazy problems in arrays and objects and things. <laughs> and is there anything about the job hunting process itself you would find tune? Maybe I would have just tweaked my LinkedIn, <laughs> just threw caution to the wind and just did it. My boss, when I told him I was leaving, was actually very supportive. I don't think that anything bad would have actually happened if I had changed my LinkedIn and he would have found out earlier than I wanted him to. Something that I did in my last job search that I didn't do as much of in this one, but probably would have benefited a little from it is, and it's the same kind of thing as focusing on the JavaScript programs, just focusing on those HR questions like, what's the hardest thing you've ever done? What is a time when you like faced criticism and how did you handle it? I think my last interview process I went through and they had a big list of questions like that, and I just wrote out a bunch of answers to them and just practice saying them over and over. And so when I ran into those questions in interviews, I just had them ready to go. And I didn't actually run into a lot of those questions in my interview process. Don't worry, don't worry. I can be a bit cheeky and ask you, go on then, Claire, what's the hardest thing you've ever done? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, if it's not work experience, it is hiking up the Grand Canyon from like the bottom back up to the top. That was that's by far the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> if it's work related, probably just, you know, knowing that I could do something a certain way and specifically like with a Python script and just running into a wall where my company, like our tech team didn't want me doing it that way because they didn't trust that I knew what I was doing. And 
and just getting over that hurdle of working it through them, finding a solution that worked for both of us. That was definitely the most frustrating thing I've ever run into, just like hitting those walls where you know you can do this thing and you just can't. <laughs> um, but to get over that, just having those discussions of, hey, how can this work for both of us? You don't want to be responsible for fixing this and I want to do it in as safe as possible way. So how can we make that happen? Okay, you're hired. <laughs> it's, not, it's not an easy question to answer, but if I can put a little tiny bit of pressure on you here, I think it's awesome for anybody listening to, to see how well you can handle it and how they could too. Well, we're running out of time, just a few minutes to go. Are there any other resources you'd care to share with anybody listening that have helped you learn to code or get your first job, develop a job? I'd say just go on the Scrimba Discord. I think it's really helpful just to see what other problems other people are facing, what other projects people are doing, how they're tweaking things, how their portfolios are set up. I really liked the I Got Hired channel and the Career Help channel. I thought those were just really invaluable resources just for motivational purposes and for finding those extra resources that might not be super apparent or available just from going through the Scrimba videos. So yeah, use your community. It's very, very invaluable. That would be my biggest recommendation. Claire Ramey, thank you so much. Thank you, Alex. It was great talking to you. That was Claire Ramming, a recently successful Scrimba student who just got their first developer job. This episode was edited by Jan Osanovic, and I'm your host, Alex Booker. You can follow me on Twitter at BookerCodes, where I share highlights from the podcast and other news by Scrimba. See you next week. <laughs>